0: Welcome to a new episode of the Awesome Friday Gaming Podcast. I'm Simon and every week I take two games that kind of pair together like a fine wine and an old cheese to bring out the qualities I love in both of them. And uh, just a reminder that Awesome Friday is a completely independent site that is uh, run by donations and love. So if you have either of those to give us uh, either with a review or even a small donation in in our Ko-fi or Patreon then anything is gratefully received. But really, we just love your your listening and your interacting. And so, yeah, anything you can do to share the podcast is greatly appreciated. And let's begin with the first of this week's two paired games. So the first game I want to talk about this week is Neon White, which has recently come out on the Switch and the PC. And... I described Neon White to my friend as if the movement and combat from Mirror's Edge had a baby with Tony Hawk's, and then that baby had another baby with Trials HD, and what's left over is this uh, bleached white speed running track course f- shooter. Like I defy you to find one genre that Neon White fits into. The premise of this is that you are a newly dead person, or demon, or hitman, or you're a bad man, and you ran with bad crew, and now you're uh, you're in hell, but you're hired by uh, heaven to clear out demons in heaven. So basically, that gives you the premise to run through different layers of heaven and to shoot the demons with your weapons and get to the end as quickly as possible. Okay, so far, so good. It helps that the uh, the levels themselves are, if you have played Mirror's Edge, then if you can picture that very stylized, clean white against blue skies, it's got a lot of that going on. It's even cleaner here. There's none of the glass or the steel, it's columns, Roman columns, Greek columns against... Um, huge like chapels against blue skies, and it runs very, very smoothly indeed. And basically, from the first-person position, there is a mixture of jumping, platforming, and shooting. And the the selling point here with Neon White is that the weapons themselves come in the form of cards uh, that you can use or dispose. And the cards have a primary um, They are primary weapons, so you get guns and machine guns and rifles and all kinds of things. But each of them has a discard ability, so the handgun gives you a second jump, or the rifle gives you this boost forward. And before I bought Neon White, I was worried that uh, you would have trouble, I would have trouble playing the game and moving through the space and looking at my cards at the same time. But it's actually really, really cleverly done in that the cards are very um, clearly color-coded and so you don't really need to look directly at them. And because the skills are so specific, once you pick one up, you don't really need to think anything more about its two functions, shooting or jumping or bomb or whatever its secondary function is. And the levels only give you the cards that you actually need and you can only hold two types of cards at the same time anyway. So it turns into this spatial puzzle, actually. There is a best way to get through the level and often that way is completely hidden by the environment itself. What can feel like a huge, wide, open space of jumps and drops and breakable doors um, once you complete it, it turns into this like maze and with the card placement, you start working out what the cards want you to do. And there is a hint system too, but it, it doesn't take you too much by the hand and it's it's only unlocked after you achieve a certain time in the level. So you're looking at the cards and you're looking at your environment and the more you play through it, the more you're thinking about that perfect through line that perfect quick time like that feeling of shaving seconds off your time because you find a shortcut is pure trials and it gives you the same high highs trials was a game that took over my life for many many years as I tried and failed to beat um my friend Steve's uh times and for some reason his wife who was a demon at this game um, I can never quite get close to his times. And that's been true through all iterations of trials. And Neon White uh, really taps into that asynchronous multiplayer of leaderboards where you've got hundreds of a seconds between you and somebody else. And um, it's incredibly compelling to try and beat that time. Uh, and the feeling you get when you work out the puzzle when you shave those seconds off and you get that one clear line where everything goes right. And it can be quite complicated to get right as you get through the game. It's that real feeling of scissors through wrapping paper, like that perfect moment of just slipping through space. There haven't been many other games that have captured it or made you feel so adept at moving through space. I think that's the real key selling point of Neon White is that it just makes you feel amazing and traversal I think has been something I've been coming back to in games especially with open world games like the the feeling of traversal has to be enjoyable otherwise your game is is grounded before it even gets going and Neon White's feeling of traversal is amazing and honestly platforming and first person perspective usually doesn't go well like it's it's quite hard to get the feeling of space around you when you're just this like floating viewpoint. But it's this thing either been playtested like for hundreds of hours or they just got lucky because it it feels like everything's where it should be. Like when you jump on a platform, it feels like where your feet should be. And so you don't have to concentrate on that more than instinct because often you're jumping, shooting, activating secondary activities all within like a half second and it's incredibly empowering it's really really wonderful and it's just as well because the story that ties it together is absolute like early 2000s um, deviant art (laughs) like really horny demons and masks joking about how sweaty the boobs get and um, making uh, snide implications about the size of a gun barrel being relative to something else. I mean it's it, the writing's either gonna work for you or it doesn't. It's it's cheeky, it's irreverent, and it's it's amusing. I wouldn't call it funny, but it, it's kind of it's kind of very superficial and I've been skipping through it pretty quickly, but uh um it's definitely there to fuel the the fan art and the shipping. <laughs> it's very Tumblr. <laughs> the story is very very tumblr and you may love that but really the story is there as a secondary thing like the key thing is the gameplay and moving through the space and there are hub worlds where you can you can do weird things like have ice cream with your buddies and there are side missions incredibly difficult side missions that you can unlock um, through your like fellow neons, getting their trust by giving them gifts, <laughs> which is a whole different conversation. But um, going through their very specific levels, are they're much, much harder than the usual levels. So there is a level of challenge there. And the great thing about each of the levels is that when you start a new level, it doesn't really give you anything. You have to finish the level at certain times in order to get the leaderboard or in order to unlock a ghost or get the hints and each level has a hidden gift so when you um when you get the time you want i'm i'm going back and then collecting all the cards i can to try and find out how to get this gift and it's a completely different approach to each level um and it's interesting cuz my son is playing on the same switch so i'm seeing his times as i play through he's only beaten me on one course so far and It was, uh, I was so angry (laughs) that he would beaten me. I spent uh, the next 10 minutes thrashing his time. But he's not going through getting the gifts. He's going through each level, just getting a time to proceed. Um, When you get a gold time, which is like the second best time, that gives you a neon ranking, you kind of rank up. And then this ranking system allows you to unlock later levels. So it's really, really compelling because it's got that thing of just one more go and it's almost instant restarts. I, I really wish the switch gets a couple of patches. The first is for instant restarts, like even just five seconds loading is too long <laughs> when you're trying to get back in on it. And the second thing is the leaderboards. Very often the leaderboards won't load or it will say the server is down. I don't know what the PC leaderboards are like, but the switches are a bit of a mess at the moment. So I would really love for that to be addressed. But the rest of the game, in terms of the gameplay of the levels, it's pretty much perfect in how it's designed to make you powerful or make you feel powerful. How each level is like a puzzle. And it's not just about getting the fastest time. There's a lot there to come back and get the gifts afterwards, which turns it into this uh, whole different kind of spatial platforming puzzle. And then you can use these gifts to give to the other Neons and get their side missions in your heavenly hub. And there's a lot of this, of the Tumblr dialogue to wade through. And uh, luckily it's all skippable, so it's not that intrusive. It doesn't do much for me, but it doesn't need to, because it's just framing the absolutely exquisite gameplay. And I held off on Neon White for quite a while, actually, and... I kind of wish I'd bought it on release because it hasn't really left my my Switch. Um, the Switch has been close to me wherever I've been out of work, of course, and it's great for, even while you're waiting for the kettle to boil, it's one of those games where you can just play the level, because most levels are so short and they've got a pounding soundtrack by Machine Girl, which is fantastic too. The levels are really, really short, and so it really fits into that uh, kind of niche of I don't have much time to game, but I I want to feel like I've done something. It's like the opposite of an Ubisoft open world, really. Every second feels like you're getting something back. So highly, highly recommended Neon White on Switch or PC. Okay, so for our second game this week, I went through a few options when thinking about which game could I pair with Neon White? And obviously I thought about Mirror's Edge, but in in terms of uh, how it expands a mirrors, mirrors, mirrors Edge's world and traversal, there's not much more to say. And I suddenly realised what it reminded me of. And out of all the games that I could reference, it's 2010s, reboot of Medal of Honor by EA and this is a really interesting time for first-person shooters because it, it was at a time when Call of Duty was the game to beat. Uh, Call of Duty at its height was this genre-defining system-selling monolith and the success of Warzone is today is very very different. It used to be yearly releases $80 yearly releases with multiplayer and a first-person story, like a short story but mostly multiplayer. So EA obviously wanted a bit of that pie and they tried a few times to um, to make that happen. They This was one attempt, um, even excluding all the stuff they were trying to do with Battlefield at the time as well, they put together one of their team school and renamed it Danger Close to try and capture some of that fire that was connected with Infinity Ward, who had become these like auteurs of the perfect military first-person shooter. So they got Danger Close to reboot Medal of Honor. If you're old old like me and you remember, the original Medal of Honor came out on the PlayStation 1 and was actually written by Steven Spielberg. Uh, It was a war story um, set in the Second World War that dealt with a lot of the kind of themes and topics that you would see in things like Saving Private Ryan. And it extended to the PlayStation 2 and Medal of Honor Frontline, which had uh, its first level was the Normandy landings. And at that time, it was unlike anything else you played before. So Medal of Honor had some status and EA positioned it in 2010 as their take on Call of Duty, like their Call of Duty beta. Now, obviously, we're 12 years on now. Looking back, Call of Duty is still here. Medal of Honor is not. I mean, Medal of Honor is kind of around as a VR title. It's on Oculus and uh, Steam, I believe. Um, But as a console shooter, it never really found its feet as a Call of Duty competitor. So it's an interesting game. It has quite a short campaign, and a lot of the reviews pick the campaign apart. And when you play it now you kind of have to remember in the context of when it was made because it's very, very brash. You are fighting the Taliban in Afghanistan, I think, and you're part of a squad of oorah American grunts going in and slow motion, shooting uh, um, terrorists in the head and saving people and shouting code names at each other. So it's very, very 2010's military shooter. In other words... It took the um, Call of Duty playbook and, and tried to do it itself. Now, in terms of the game itself, it's actually a really good campaign. It's uh, I'd say out of all the military shooters, it's the single player campaign I've played the most because it is quite short and I will definitely replay something if it gives me a short, well-organized like set of levels rather than some 40 or 50 hour sprawling open world thing which I probably won't even finish the first time. The thing about Medal of Honor is that it's got a really interesting second way to play. And I don't mean the multiplayer, which I never even touched. When you complete a level, you open up the ability to play it in the tier one mode, and tier one was their selling point of this is like the the best of the best going in to save the day. But in tier one, you could replay the levels, but with certain uh, restrictions and uh, more of an arcade mode that really harkens back to the arcade modes in Time Splitters Two, which is one of my all time favorite game modes. Because tier one mode lets you choose um, a number of leaderboards. It could be overall accuracy, it could be headshots, it could be um, grenades or melee kills or whatever. And as you move through the levels, you're on a timer and the timer ticks down constantly. And the only way to add time to your timer is to make perfect kills. In my case, the tier one mode that I played the most was with the handgun making headshots with a timer counting down. And if that sounds familiar, it's because it's exactly what Neon White does as well. (laughs) It becomes a time, almost like this very early version of what Neon White was going for. Instead of going through this world carefully as this military operative, taking it very, very seriously, as you would do the first time you play it. It becomes this time trial where you start learning enemy placement and the enemies don't change their placement. So you start precisely gauging where the enemies are and where your aim needs to be as you move through these levels. As you are desperately running against the clock to use perfect headshots to add time or to use a certain number of bullets and honestly, the, one of the high points of my entire gaming existence, and there have been many, is when I played tier one mode on Medal of Honor, 2010's Medal of Honor reboot. And um, I tried rebooting it, but my PlayStation 3 is not very happy. It's on Steam, so you can check it out. But I had a limited number of bullets and a limited number of time uh, for the level. And I was doing headshots. And I had one bullet left in my gun I had, after hours of practice, I had got below, like, the best time. And my last bullet made a last kill right before the time ran out. And it was just one of those great moments where you feel like you've really achieved something. And I know achievements in gaming are, are different from Worldwide achievements. But the fact that I had practiced it and I had dance through this level without even stopping and picking off the enemies as they appear one by one, like learning the layout and jumping over cars to shave off seconds and um, just forcing my way through the level, whilst the restrictions of being really accurate and using one weapon. It feels exactly the same 12 years later, except Neon White does a whole game of it, and Um, luckily the Medal of Honor campaign is very very short so you can finish it the whole thing I think about four hours and honestly I love the campaign there haven't been many other campaigns that have made me feel like an actual team of people moving through a space and it all runs in real time as well which is one of my favourite things as well when it doesn't have time jumps and it feels like you're moving through space you're moving through a story it's that kind of interactive movie feel where it doesn't really jump forward. So you can complete this campaign very, very quickly and then go back into the tier one mode to start practicing like using only one kind of gun or only getting headshots and getting it below the times. And of course there, there's times on the leaderboards now I'm never even gonna touch, but that personal challenge, of learning the level and then dancing through it with a gun and making those shots count to beat the time is an incredibly compelling and evocative feeling. And that kind of arcade approach to shooters, I really, really wish was the norm now. Because I loved uh, Modern Warfare 2's Spec Ops mode because it had a similar kind of feel. It had um, certain restrictions, certain times, short, sharp levels that felt far more interesting to me than the campaign. And I wish more modern shooters would do this. It would take the lead from Time Splitters 2 again and take the campaign levels and add an arcade like version of them that you can unlock. Because I don't think it diminishes like the seriousness of the topic or whatever you you want to protect in your game by letting people have fun with what you've created is actually the kind of thing that would make me buy it in the first place. And fewer and fewer games have that aspect these days. And I kind of wish it would come back a bit more. So you can find Medal of Honor now for pennies. Um, It's not on any of uh, like the PS3 or the Xbox store anymore. It got delisted and it's not uh, Xbox Series X or S backwards compatible or as far as I can find out anyway. But you can find box copies of this uh, if you have a a console that can play it. And it's on Steam, and it's the kind of thing that's going to be a couple of dollars on Steam in the next sale. So uh, I really, really recommend it, not just for the gung-ho, like, game-as-movie campaign, but really what you can do when you open up the Tier 1 mode and start playing this game like it's levels in Neon White, (laughs) like it's Time Splitters 2 arcade levels because that's really where the fun begins. So both games, highly recommended. So that's it for another week. Thank you so much for listening, and please do let me know what you're playing too. I hope to be back next week with a couple more games. So stay safe, have a great week, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.